Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. With a little bit of a head cold at the end of the year, this is actually the end of our seventh year of recording weekly episodes of Eyes on Success, which we originally started as Viewpoints. But this week we have something special for you. A lot of our listeners are always asking us about how we put this show together and what it takes. This week we'll explain how we do everything from selecting topics and guests to recording and editing to posting the podcasts and maintaining our web presence, including the tools and techniques we use at each step. Technically, this is an encore presentation of an episode from four years ago, number 1352, but Virtually nothing has changed. It's all still true. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip is, if there's something big you want to learn to do, work on learning it a little bit at a time. We certainly had to learn a whole lot of new tools and techniques to have the current Eyes on Success experience possible. And I actually apply that philosophy to all kinds of tasks. You know, sometimes you look at a task that you want to do and it can just seem to be overwhelming. It's such a big job that you'll never get it done. But I've learned that if you just bite off small chunks at a time, eventually you finish the cookie. So just start small and keep progressing towards your goal and eventually it will happen. Turning now to our low-tech item, we'll talk about the preliminaries of setting up an episode of Eyes on Success. Well, the first thing we need to do is pick out an idea for the upcoming show. Fortunately, we've learned lots about brainstorming by working in corporate America, where they often use these skills to come up with ideas for new products and new ways of doing things. Also, fortunately, we have some very creative listeners who send us notes suggesting ideas, and many of those have been excellent, and a number of our shows have been based on suggestions that came from other people. If you want to get in touch with us for suggestions or even comments about the show, you can always send us an email note at hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. And we always respond pretty quickly, even if we're out of town. So once we come up with a bunch of ideas, we need to schedule the upcoming shows. And we often work several months in advance. We'll review what shows we've got planned for the next few months. And if some hot topic comes up that we think is timely, we might have to rearrange the schedule. But from all of these ideas that we've come up with and that other people have come up with, we'll pick and choose what we think our listeners will be the most interested in and then just put those in the queue. Well, so now we've got a great idea. We want to talk about topic XYZ. Well, maybe we don't know much about that topic. And so we need to find a person who might know about that topic and invite them to be a guest on the show. We always start out by doing a little bit of research because you don't want to do these interviews cold or just call someone up and start asking them while you're interviewing them and learning at that time. So we always try to 
get all the background we need ourselves ahead of time so we can ask intelligent questions and direct the interview in directions in which we think our listeners might be interested. In fact, it's not at all uncommon for us to ask questions to which we already know the answers, but if we know the answers are going to be good, we'll ask the questions anyway. But we always learn, and we hope everybody else does too. It's been a great learning experience for us. Oh, in more ways than we ever imagined. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. This week's focus topic is the technology we use at each step of the way of creating an episode of Eyes on Success. Now, every month or two, we mention that I'm sighted and Pete's blind. So Pete uses JAWS for everything he does on the computer. And just in case any of our listeners don't know what JAWS is, can you describe that? So JAWS is a program that you can put on your computer. JAWS runs on Windows PCs, and it actually makes your computer talk to you. So you can read all the screens, and I can do everything on a computer that anyone else can. Surf the Internet, send out emails, run spreadsheets, write my uh, programming codes, and just anything you can imagine. And I also have a Braille display attached to my computer, so I can actually see what's happening on the computer screen in Braille. And actually, it's kind of funny. People walk into my little office here, and the screen is always off, and they think I'm just asleep doing nothing at the computer. Well, it's always off unless I'm using this computer, and I confess I actually need the screen on. That's Nancy's handicap. That's right. Okay, so that's our basic tool that... Pete uses for working with the computer. So the first step in any show, and this is something that we only had to do, well, I was going to say once, but every once in a while we need to change it, which is making the intro and the outro and the breaker bits. And Pete started by writing the music and playing it on a Roland RD300GX MIDI keyboard. And then how did you record the music? So the MIDI keyboard looks like a piano keyboard, and this is actually hooked up to my computer by a USB cable, and then I run some software in there called Sonar, which we've done a show about before, how to use Sonar, and this is actually a multi-track audio editing and production program. So people will use this for making CDs and recording artists, but we use it for doing the show here. So essentially what I do is I take my MIDI keyboard and I play the little tune while I record it in Sonar. And then in Sonar, I can change the levels and equalizations and make it sound just the way I like it. So that was the little electronic tune for our introduction that I wrote and recorded in Sonar. And then I save that little musical file. Now, some of these bits, the intro, the outro, and one of the breakers, have Samantha speaking in addition to the music. How did you do that? JAWS actually comes with several voices. Usually I use the more computerized voice called eloquence because I can listen to it very quickly and still understand it. But JAWS also comes with several more human-like voices. And one of them that I like is called the Samantha voice. And this is the voice I used to create the computerized voice that you hear in our introductions and some of our breaker tunes. And so what I'll do is I'll open up a word processing applications and I'll write what I want Samantha to say. 
and then I'll go back to that while I'm recording with Sonar, and I'll let JAWS speak. So Samantha will be speaking as I'm recording in Sonar, and then I can save that recording of her voice. Then he puts all of these files and pieces of files onto my computer, and I edit the audio of the text and the audio of the music using Audacity, which we'll talk about later, to sync them up, fade in, fade out, and create a single MP3 file for each bit that we play. So the introduction is a single MP3 file, the piece at the end is a single MP3 file, and each of the breaker bits. So having figured out what the topic's going to be, and figured out who we're going to talk to about the topic, we need to do an interview. Well, generally, we do our interviews in several ways. We prefer to interview people via Skype, and Skype is a program that you can run on your computer to essentially make computer-to-computer calls to people with very good quality, and that's the reason we like Skype. It gives us the best audio quality, and so, again, using Sonar, I can record what's happening in Skype and save that recording and then play around with how loud it is or how soft it is, make sure everything is balanced out. But sometimes we find people we want to interview that don't have Skype available to them. They don't have a computer or they don't like to use Skype on their computer. And then we'll call them by phone. Now, since this is a volunteer effort, we don't like to run up big phone bills. But there is a service called Google Voice that you can sign up for. And within the U.S., you can make free calls from your computer to anyone in the U.S. or I believe Canada. And so we'll sometimes call people by Google Voice to their phone. Now, that doesn't give us as good of a quality, but it still works pretty well. Lastly, there are a number of interviews that we do in person. We've gone to several of the trade shows across the country where we've interviewed vendors or we've been on site to interview some people at special locations. And we'll usually do that with a little Bookport Plus that I have. The Bookport Plus is sold by the American Printing House for the Blind. It's a handheld device mostly for reading audio material from the National Library Service or Bookshare or any place else you get audio or text material. But it actually has a very good built-in microphone and makes very good audio recordings. Now, of course, the interesting thing is we use Pete's computer for all of this. Now, He could use JAWS on a separate sound card and use headphones and run all of the equipment, but it's easier to just turn off JAWS so the computer doesn't make a lot of noise during the interviews, and then I get to do all the setup and running of the soundboard. In which case, we actually let Nancy turn on the screen to my computer. That's right, and I usually am good, and I remember to turn it off when I'm done. So now, in case you're wondering... We've got it set up during these interviews so that the person we're talking to hears us through the microphone built into the webcam, but what we record is ourselves on his and hers Shure SM58 microphones, and we each listen with a pair of headphones, and all of this goes in and out of a Sapphire Pro 40 mixer that's connected to the computer via FireWire. So the Sapphire device is actually a professional mixer with about 40 channels of input and output, and you can do various routings of signals and inputs and outputs, and so that really gives us a lot of flexibility in terms of when we make recordings, how we want to 
mash these recordings together and have them come out at the end. Well, and then we make sure to back up the interview on an external hard drive. We make sure to have multiple copies of everything so we don't lose anything. We are big proponents of backing up. And immediately after we do an interview, we'll not only have it on my hard disk recorded in sonar, but we'll also immediately copy that, as Nancy says, to an external USB drive and maybe even some other computer. We don't want to lose those interviews. They take a lot of time to set up. Typically, we'll interview people for a half an hour a show. It'll take about 40 minutes to an hour or so. And then from that, we cut out clips that we'll insert in the show in a sensible fashion. And what tool do you use for that process? So I've come to use a program called Studio Recorder, which is made by the American Printing House for the Blind. They originally put this program together to make audiobooks for the National Library Service and other um, organizations. And the studio recorder, because it's used by visually impaired people at APH and other organizations, is very well made for using with a keyboard and without having to look at things. So I find this program very easy to use. So we'll usually take the 40-minute to hour interview that we've done, and I'll pull it into studio recorder, and I will cut out the questions and answers that I think are important, and I'll number all those files and sequence them and label them so that we know what they are later on, and we can mix and match according to how we want to put the show together. And then I'll pass all those files to Nancy, and she does the fine-tuning editing. I import every one of those clips into Audacity. And as promised, here's a little bit about Audacity. Audacity is a free shareware program that's used for audio editing, and it's got a zillion effects. Now, I don't actually use most of them because adding all of these audio effects that are intended for music would really be inappropriate to add any of that to speech, but I do have a few favorites. And what are some of your favorites? Well, delete, 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 because what typically happens is Pete will pass me over 30 minutes of clips, and I need to get that down below 23 minutes so that our show doesn't run over. And we're not allowed to run over because one of the places we send the show is to the radio reading services, and so it needs to fit into their half-hour window and leave enough time for them to announce their station and promos and the weather and whatever else they do at the end of the half-hour. So... I've got my work cut out for me. I use delete a lot. Other favorites that I use frequently are fade in and fade out. And sometimes I'll use that over a period of a couple of seconds. But if I'm having trouble clipping between words, I'll actually fade in or fade out to make the word right before or right after what I've deleted come out smooth. I normalize so that everything sounds about the same volume. And sometimes, if necessary, if usually the other person, because we're always in the same studio, is in a noisy environment, I'll use noise removal to get rid of any noise in the background. What's really interesting is Audacity actually 
is made to be very accessible by the blind, and several years ago they included many keyboard shortcuts to make it easy for visually impaired people using screen readers to use. However, I don't enjoy doing that detailed work, and Nancy is really good at it. She's gotten to the point where if people say, um, she can take that out of the audio just by looking at the visual trace of the audio on the screen without actually having to listen to it. Although, you always have to use your ears at the end to verify whatever you edit. The other interesting thing I learned about all of these ums is that each individual has their own characteristic trace that corresponds to their personal um and their personal speech patterns. So there's a lot of cleaning up of both the speech as well as the content that Nancy does to make the show run smoothly so we can maximize the content that you listen to every week without a lot of extra garbage. (laughs) There you go. So then I convert each of these clips to mono and save them each at 320 bits per second as MP3 files and write an outline for the show. And then it's time to record the show. And we haul out the same two Shure SM58 microphones and the same two headphones and the Sapphire Pro 40 mixer connected by the same Firewire cable to the PC and... I get to run the soundboard again because we don't want Jaws making all that noise. And so we play all of these individual clips, including the intro, the outro, the breakers. It is not uncommon for us to have 20 clips in a 30-minute show, which means I'm pressing buttons 40 times to get them to start and stop. It gets pretty interesting. And we record each show as three individual mono tracks in sonar. So there's one track for me. One track for me. And one track that comes out of the computer, and that's all of the clips. And so Nancy queues up all the clips in Winamp. So she has them all laid out in order. And as we go through the outline of the show, sitting here in our studio at home in front of our microphones, she'll queue up the appropriate audio clip as we need it in the show. And as soon as we're done recording the show, what do you do with it? Well, immediately I save it in Sonar as a project, and I copy it to an external hard disk, and then I copy it up to Nancy's computer for the final editing. So typically, for that half an hour show, we'll have recorded maybe 32, 35 minutes, and it needs to be cut down a little bit more to squeeze into the programs that our stations are running. And that's my opportunity to use Audacity again. And as we're recording the show, I'm sitting here with a purple pen writing down anytime there's any kind of mistake. Sometimes we repeat things. Sometimes I start the wrong clip. Sometimes somebody coughs or anything can happen. The neighbor can run a lawnmower. That's happened before. And so I'll jot down any kind of mistake and delete all of that, but then I still need to do another fine-tune to make sure that the show comes out to the right length. And at this point, I will sometimes invoke a feature in Audacity called Truncate Silence, when it can go through and I can delete 10 or 20 or 30% off of any silence that is still in the show and 
This may make the gaps between speakers seem a little bit shorter than you might expect, but I'd much rather delete 30 seconds of silence that way than have to find 30 seconds of content to get rid of. So once I'm done editing the show, I save the show as 128 bits per second MP3 file. And while we're at it, we create a promo for our local radio reading service. And it, at the end of describing what's going to happen in that week's show, it tells everybody that they can listen Wednesdays and Sundays at 5 p.m. on WXXI's Reach Out Radio. If any of the other radio reading services would like us to send you the promo, we can do that too. And we also have started posting the promo at our Audioboo feed, which is conveniently Eyes on Success. And that's got all the same content except for the bit about playing the show on Wednesdays and Sundays at 5 so at this point, the show is nearly finalized. Nancy has it down to the proper time and has saved the file on her computer system. But we figure after she does her editing, there's one more chance to proof listen. So it ping-pongs back to me, and I copy it onto my Bookport Plus and listen to the show once more. And if I notice anything that wasn't edited properly or anything I think might be extraneous or missing, I'll make a note of it and the time that it happened, and then we can make that little patch in the show and finalize the show for distribution. Yeah, make that little patch means sometimes we turn all the equipment back on again and we re-record anywhere from 10 seconds to a minute or two to patch back in over what we couldn't fix in the original recording. So we hope this way we're giving everybody a pretty high-quality program with a lot of information content and not a lot of extraneous noise and garbage, as Nancy put it, in the show. Well, here's one of those breaker tunes. Now for this week's high-tech item, how we get each episode of Eyes on Success to the listeners. Well, we're not done yet, are we? We are not. This program started as a special show being aired over WXXI Reach Out Radio in Rochester, New York. And we continue to give the show to them every week. And they have become the distributor of the show through the International Association of Audio Information Services on their program share site. And so there are many other radio reading services which download the show from there. And to get it to them, I upload the MP3 files for both the show and the promo to SendSpace, which is a free internet service at www.sendspace.com, where you can upload large files and... Ruth Finney, who's the director of WXXI Reach Out Radio, then downloads the files and posts them to the IAAIS website for everybody else. So that's not the end of the distribution process because we want our show to have as wide a distribution around the world so that as many visually impaired people who want to hear it can. And so we distribute the show also to 
a number of internet streaming services such as ACB Radio, iBlink Radio, and the Global Voice. So if you want to listen to the shows over the internet on your computer, you can do it that way. In addition, we also make the show available as a podcast for people who want to listen to it that way or as a direct download from the website that we manage. And that website is www.eyesonsuccess.net. And we've got at that website the entire archive of every single show that we've ever aired since its inception, which is exactly three years at this point, because this is our third year-end special that you're listening to. Now, we use the one-on-one hosting service at oneonone.com, and although they have a number of tools for building websites and web pages, we decided to learn a little HTML and PHP scripting on our own so we could do exactly what we wanted with the website and have it look exactly like we wanted to make it look for people with vision issues. Now, Pete uploads the podcast in advance and schedules the podcast to be available every Wednesday morning, but every Wednesday morning we get up and we each do part of the job of notifying the listeners about the new show. So we first of all have to refresh the pages on our website to reflect that a new show has been added, and then in addition... We will send a number of mailings out to Blindness DLs to make people aware of the new show and what it's about. And Nancy does a number of social media interactions, such as... Well, every Wednesday morning, I post to Facebook at Eyes on Success. I tweet on Twitter, where our Twitter handle is at underscore Eyes on Success. It turned out somebody else was using that name without the underscore. And you know, it's amazing. We started at the beginning of this show talking about having to learn a lot. Well, it wasn't much over a year ago that we did a show on why and how to use social media. And I had barely even heard of some of these services. And now every week we're using them all. So we try to keep people in touch in many of those ways. We also set up an email forum for our listeners and people who are interested in the show. And if you'd like to receive weekly announcements of the show or connect with other listeners and people we've interviewed, you can join our email forum by sending an email to Eyes on Success, followed by the plus sign, followed by the word subscribe, and then at googlegroups.com. And as we encouraged you earlier, if you have any suggestions or comments, you can send them to us at hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. And as we say every week near the end of the show, if you missed any of those links, they'll all be in the show notes, which you can find at our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. And for each show each week, those show notes will contain important contact information and references or notes about other shows that have similar content. So you should use those. We also put up a search feature on our website. I enjoyed coding that one in PHP, where you can put in the topic of any show or look for a show by show number, and all the shows matching that topic or show number will appear for you along with links to the show notes. 
That's it for show number 1753 and for the year 2017. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll kick off the year by talking about Jamie Tay's move from NVDA to Mozilla. Jamie was one of the co-founders and major co-developer of the free NVDA screen reader for Windows. After 10 years as a key contributor to this project, he has now begun a position at Mozilla. And we will talk with him about what prompted the move, what he'll be doing at Mozilla, and the future of NVDA. See you all next year. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs, find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts, and much more at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes, and follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Success, or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.